Traeger Method Podcast, episode number 81. Lighten up, don't tighten up. Let go of your story. You had your dreams of glory, and weren't they great? Maybe you went too slow, you watched flowers grow when you could have been playing the field. And now it's been revealed, you should have planned ahead. The day's caught up with you, you can't believe it's true, the hours arrive too late, but all of that can wait for now. Now, you made it here somehow. Of that you can be proud You made it to now And everything you've learned Makes an infinite return To now Lighten up, don't tighten up the race you were in it to win it Now you can't seem to quit it You're always running so fast mm, Forgive the past, it wasn't meant to last If it was, you'd still be in it Driving the plow as you sow in The seeds of now You made it here somehow Of that you can be proud You made it to now And everything you've learned Makes an infinite return To now Lighten up, don't you tighten up Let go of the story <clears throat> I needed to clear my throat like halfway through that song I, I had the urge to clear my throat and I thought, nope You can handle it Just keep going It'll feel great when the song's over and you clear your throat. And that's what I did. Because I'm a pro. I am playing a show tonight, playing a music show. First one since I did a couple shows with Hutch, I don't know, two years ago. Something like that, a year ago. Hutch Harris, previous Trigger Method guest. But I'm doing a show tonight, first one in a super long time. I did do an open mic the other night. I did that song that I just did. That song is called Infinite Return. And I did another song, a second one. Uh, can't, what's the title? Doesn't matter. You don't need to know my set list from my first two open mics. 
yeah, it was fun doing an open mic here in Portland. I've never done, I don't think I've ever, ever is that true? I've never done a, a music open mic. I've done hundreds, thousands perhaps of comedy open mics. You know, when you do stand-up, when you do stand-up comedy, it's just a given. That's how everyone starts. I don't know. Unless you like, nowadays, you know, you can become a TikTok star or whatever and just have your first show be a sellout club show or something. YouTube people, you know, that kind of thing. That's a different path to comedy. But anybody who does stand-up comedy who doesn't start as a famous person, you start at open mics. That's it. That's the place. You have to practice the art form in public. Music, on the other hand, of course, you know, you can play, release a recording and start doing shows immediately. Maybe you have music that doesn't work at an open mic. You know, if you play acoustic guitar and sing the way I primarily do, it's a natural. I think at this open mic that I just did, everybody was an acoustic guitar and voice singer, except one person sang just straight up to a uh, device of some kind. A form of handheld computer looked a little bigger than a phone, whatever. He sang to a thing, but everybody else played guitar and sang. That's what I did, and it was great. I mean, just getting out there and playing music, just doing it. Like, I just had that urge that day. I was like, I am so squirmy. I've got the show coming up. What are these songs like in front of people? I, I want to know now. So I just did it, and it felt great. It was like, I felt nervous. You know, I had that feeling where you know you're going to get up there, even though it's just this totally support, like literally could not be a more supportive environment. It's at, the first my open mic I did was at a place called Craft Factory PDX. That's their handle on Instagram, link in bio. Um, and you walk in, it's like a preschool. I mean, there's just like brightly colored everything. And there's, you know, a sort of Scrabble letter mural that says a place for imagination and creativity. And then and there's literally like sparkly rainbow unicorns that kids have made, or maybe adults made them, you know, like a really wholesome environment. There was a, a little drawer, like chest of drawers that had various craft supplies. And one of the drawers, it's a hard word for me to say, drawers. One of the drawers had a rainbow on it and said rainbows. Like that's a drawer full of rainbows. That's, so that's where I was performing. Not a not a hostile or harsh environment. This wasn't a roadhouse, you know, a Texas roadhouse place frequented by motorcycle enthusiasts. No, this was a Portland craft store or event space, not even a store. The open mic was hosted by a musician named Johnny Franco. Awesome guy. Good, great musician. I only heard him play two songs, but obviously talented and dedicated. He's running an open mic. And I checked out his Instagram. He's got some great songs. He seems to be a great performer. Johnny Franco's hosting the thing. There's about, I don't know, 15, 20 people, maybe one or two just there to watch. Pretty much everybody else got up and did something. Super supportive. I mean, you could, anything that's not, you know, patently offensive or cruel in some way is going to get a good response. Uh, it, it was great. And of course, yeah, I got up there. Totally flubbed the song, you know, had to start over. and But I knew I was going to do that, and I wasn't at all even nervous about doing that. You know, it, I've learned in life to just embrace, you know, where you are, the truth of where you are. 
You know, I've talked about this many times in the pod, total acceptance of reality exactly as it is. Don't put a story on it, like the song I just sang. You know, don't, don't add anything to it. Just go, this is what it is. Enjoy it for what it is. I used to say that um, there was a while there where at a Helium Comedy Club, I was teaching comedy class, not, not classes, that's not right. I was offering my, they had a thing, this is what I'm trying to say. Helium had a thing where before the open mic each Tuesday, they would have a couple seasoned or relatively seasoned comics, people who work at the club, like myself at the time, uh, available to, you know, for people to run questions and, and talk to, you know, people who are just starting out, who are, who are really new. And uh, it was great. I loved doing it. I, I really loved doing that. It was so, so fun to do. It made you think about, yeah, just the art, the process, the philosophy behind your own comedy, you know, and distill your understanding down to something simple and easy to take. And um, who's that? Somebody just dinged. You probably heard that. Don Ankrum. It was Don Ankrum, who's this podcast guest. This episode is a conversation with Don Ankrum. How, how cool is that, that he just texted me? He's like, where the fuck is my episode? When is it coming out? No, that's not true. He asked if I received the invite to Rick Froberg's memorial that is happening in San Diego. And yes, I did get it. I was uh, touched to be invited. Okay, and now we fast forward to today, which is July 25th. We are leaping ahead in time. When I said a minute ago that Don just texted me, that actually happened a week ago. But you know what's funny? Don did just text me a second ago, right here on July 25th. Um, Don texted me because the, the, our plans to go to Rick's memorial, we were going to drive down there together. We had made the plans. We booked hotel rooms and stuff. I found out my mom and I had plans. to. I was going to take my mom to a wedding. Um. She had got the dates. She thought it was the 5th through the 8th. It's the 25th through the 8th, through the 28th. So it, it overlaps. I can't go to Rick's memorial. So Don, I had just told Don this morning that. So we're making other plans. I'm, maybe I'll be able to pull it off. We'll see. I can't. I just, it's unfortunate, but that's how it goes. Got to go with mom up there to the wedding. So... Yeah. So anyways, that has changed. Don, the, and also Don is not the, uh, the guest on this podcast. That has also changed. See, it's constant change, right? That's the only rule we can, we can count on here in this dimension. Always shifting. Um, Don, the, I, I went, I edited our conversation. We did, we talked for like an hour and a half in his backyard and uh, it just did not turn out okay. Audi- audio in, in sonically, it was a mess. I think maybe I was didn't have a windscreen on my mic or something, but my nose breath was very audible. It was this constant kind of <sighs> terrible. And then Don has a little dog, Enzo, a little long-haired um, um, it's not a chihuahua, it's a dachshund. 
Not that you care what Don's dog's breed is, but anyways, Enzo's got an anxiety issue and he will not stop barking when somebody visits them. So he was in the background barking. I didn't think our mics would pick it up since we were using dynamic mics. They kind of have a small pickup range, but he was right in there. Bark, 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 bark the entire length of the 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 conversation. He was behind a screen, uh, a sliding glass door, but n- nonetheless, he was in there. So I just was like, you know, as much as I want to share this conversation with Don, with you guys, I blew it on the recording. Should have been wearing my headphones. Should have been aware of that. So we're going to do something different. Don talks about do? John Reese and Rick Froberg in this episode. Don John, Don John, uh, and Rick were in the band Pitchfork together, along with Joey Pirro, another high school friend of ours. I want to say the Pitchfork was 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 Rick's first band, but it wasn't. It was his second. Don tells us he reminds us of. Well, Don doesn't tell us that because. He doesn't, we don't have that conversation, but that was, I recorded what I thought was a pretty good intro to that. I mean, I enjoyed this intro that I made for this episode. So I'm, I'm like right now here on the 25th kind of remixing or, or uh, playing around with that original intro that I made for the Dawn episode that doesn't actually exist. That's what we're doing right now here on the pod. Okay. Dionysian band from San Diego, who also some members went to our. If you didn't catch that, I'm talking about the band Crash Worship here. Rick Froberg's uh, first band of the San Diego punk history archive. Margaret Nee, previous Traeger Method guest, and Eddie Vedder, PJ's Eddie Vedder. Yeah, that one. Did am I right in saying that Margaret Nee? said that Eddie went to the school there when she did, because she was a few years ahead of us. I can't remember. You have to listen to that, Margaret Nee. The Margaret Nee episode of the Traeger Method Podcast. Yeah, I got the guitar plugged in. I got this LR Bags Para Acoustic DI. It's a direct. This is going straight from my... Uh, this is some gear talk. Going straight from my... um acoustic electric guitar this is a cordoba and it's got a fishman pickup system and it's going straight into this lr bags direct box um so there's no bleed through you know the guitar is not being miked i mean there might be some in my vocal mic but i'm using a dynamic bike which picks up the sound straight in front of it it doesn't grab a wide signal so it's a pretty cool setup. You know, I like the way this thing sounds, the bags. Of course, I can put reverb on it or do whatever I want, but um, this is how I've, well, I haven't been recording this way. I've been doing a recording sesh uh, over the course of the past couple months, but I've been miking the guitar, but this this system, I like this too. I'm going to play with this. I think a combination of this and a mic and mixing them together would be a good way to go.
So yeah, these open mics, I, I went to uh, the Craft Factory open mic first, and then, la- then that, later that evening, my friend Steve Magnuson, who's also, on, he was a comedy friend of mine, and now he's an open mic music friend of mine. He's been kind of a bit, bit of a guide for me approaching this open mic scene. He uh, was there, and he suggested that we go down to the Northwest Portland Hostel open mic afterwards. Not at all a hostile crowd there either. It was very friendly, very jazzy, breezy, very nice facility. They got this wonderful cafe down there. And then in between these two buildings, they have lights strung up, a little stage. There was a little jazz combo, three people maybe playing. Like that's the featured artist. And then between their sets would be an open mic. And we got there for the latter installment of this mic and there's a lot of people there watching you know people from around the world who are visiting portland and uh, local musicians which is really fun it was it was very fun and at that mic i did the same two songs i did at the first mic the one i just played and uh, another one and it was yeah just so you know it's it's, it's it reminds you how, like, in life, you take a step out there, and it opens up a whole world of possibilities. If you just take that step out, outside of whatever, routine, comfort, you know, instead of waiting, just do it. And then all these uh, these opportunities open. I'm not talking about opportunities that you seize or whatever, but just worlds of possibility is what I'm saying. Possibility is a better word, not opportunity. Although opportunity is in there, too. But a realm of possibilities and contacts and uh, for the pleasure of the contact itself, not for, you know, what it might get you, but just, just to, you know, I talked to a couple Austrian guys about their trip around America. That's a point of connection. I'll never see these guys again. I didn't get their Insta handles, but you know, that was cool. It was fun to talk to them. I wouldn't have had that if I had stayed home and who knows what somebody saw in my music or heard in it. You know, it's just cool. So I'm so jazzed about getting out and playing. Did I mention playing tonight? Yeah, Mother Foucault's book, Delia Ackley's poetry book, um, release, celebration, witchgrass. It's playing. It's going to be great. I mean, this podcast will be out after this show. So it was a great show, I can predict. Um, You missed it. You're bombed. Unless you were there. Thank you. For- I did say that this podcast would be out after that show happened, and it is af- out after that show happened. And I am also speaking to you after that show happened. And that show was great. What a magical evening that was. I kept it very loose. I played songs I don't even have lyrics to. I just kind of drifted in and out of them. Very dreamlike. Mother Foucault's books, if you've never been there in Portland, Oregon. Funny name, right? Mother Foucault's books. Mother Foucault. That place is so cool. I swear, at that entire bookstore, they, I don't think they have two copies of any book. It's just everyone, you know, that you look at the spines together, there's just a, uh, it's very, very dreamlike. Just a world of, I put some photos of that on my Instagram after the show happened. Just stacks of books, piles of them, all the shelves filled up to the ceiling. 
There's little alcove, back rooms, upper decks, lower decks. It's incredible. The titles, the covers. It's an incredibly beautiful environment. And the entire evening that night was, couldn't have been more beautiful. Delia Ackley's, it's not Delia Ackley, it's Delia Ackley, the poet. Her book, Lewd Wilderness, that's what we were celebrating, the uh, release of. She had copies there. Excellent book. I was honored to be asked to do a recording of, I, I spoke, Casper Sonnet, her partner, he uh, he's a wonderful experimental musician in Portland, Casper Sonnet, link in bio. Link in show notes is what I meant to say. Show notes. Yeah, I did a recording of her poetry. Casper's a fan of the pod. And he likes my voice. Who would have guessed anybody would like my voice? He liked my voice and he he thought, hey, Jason would be a good guy to do a reading. So I did a reading and he made this awesome recording where I'm kind of, kind of like this episode. There's, there's overlaps and there's another woman doing a, a parallel reading of the same poem and we're kind of mixed in together, my voice and hers, and then a soundscape behind us. And he played this on a reel-to-reel recorder at the bookstore as kind of the the poetry reading. Delia didn't want to do a reading herself. She She preferred to have this. So that's what we did. So I was a part of the show in two ways. I I was a part of that recording that was played, and then I did my set of songs. Like I said, in a very dreamlike, impressionistic, kind of flowing manner, just went from one thing to the next. You know, you can do anything. I keep telling myself that. It doesn't have to be a certain way. The podcast doesn't have to be a certain way. It can be a an intro to a pod conversation that didn't exist mixed in with what I'm doing now. This is, I thought it was an intro. It turns out it's the body of the pod itself. What fun it is, what joy it is to discover the flexibility of these things. Back to what I was talking about before Don texted me. Don Akram, this episode's guest. Not. Not. Um, I was talking about the open mic scene in Portland, and one of the end that I was doing the, these a comedy, I was talking about the comedy open mic scene that I used to be a part of when I got started in stand-up here in town, and how I did those uh, you know, little question and answer sessions with new comics at Helium. Anyways, one of the main things I would say to people when they came to me, like, how can I get as good as I can, as fast as I can? You know, I would say, well... Just do the best you can, and it'll take care of itself. But enjoy, if you can, since it's comedy, there should be an element of fun, personal enjoyment, because that usually comes through in the act, you know? If you're having fun, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get other people to have fun, so if you're having fun, chances are it's good, you're just going to be better at that. So start... By enjoy, this was my advice. So start by enjoying exactly where you are. Like you, you know, if let's say you do comedy for the next twenty five years and you become a famous pro, you will only ever have started out once. There will only ever be that first open mic one time, and the second one, and the first year of comedy. You'll never have that again. 
So rather than being like dissatisfied or trying to leapfrog it or figure out some way to game or whatever, you know, have that be your main focus to get through it quickly. Get get as you know, just whatever you do, whatever tactics you use to get good or whatever, whatever your goal is to be funny in the case of comedy, just remember to enjoy all the phases just for what they are. That was my advice. And, and that's what I was doing the other day with this open mic. You know, I remember a time in my life where that situation could have been different. There was, a, there was another way that I lived where I believed all my thoughts and all my stories, you know, and I took them very personally all the time. It led to being depressed a lot, scared, angry, whatever. Um, suffering was what came from it. And it was that attitude that's like, oh, you know, I go to an open mic. Oh, well, I've been doing music for years. Why, why aren't I above this? Why, why am I at an open mic starting out? This is a joke, you know, I, I should be, what have I done with my life that I find myself in blah, 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 you know? It's going to be terrible. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be, people are going to be so bad. It's going to be painful, you know, to see these terrible performers at an open mic. And I'm one of them. What? How did my life come to this? You know, it doesn't sound nice to, to say that because it's not nice. You know, but it's this, I, that, that old way of thinking could turn something that was 100, like that mic the other day that I did, was 100% enjoyable every aspect of the experience. I could have made it into something terrible by having an attitude uh, where I'm super into some story, some narrative, you know, some judgmental bullshit about myself or the world or whatever. But because I approached it with joy, curiosity, excitement, interest, relaxed, I could even enjoy, yeah, sure, I got nervous. Sure, I flubbed the first song. My fingers flubbed around and I went high too early in a song and, and then I was up too high when the next part came in. I had to compensate. It wasn't smooth, you know? That's fun. You know, that is not, that's not painful. What am I trying to prove? You know, am I trying to prove, imp- prove to people through my, my, my music that I'm better than I actually am? Like, what does that even mean? You know, when you put it that way, it's just ludicrous. You know, whatever you're doing, that's as good as you are. Like, that is the best you can do. So, it's honest. It's what is. You know, dissatisfaction is like, yeah, just saying, I want to be better than I actually am. It's insane. Don't do it. I think I've talked about it before on the podcast, the idea of the words, if only, like how that, those two words ruin, can ruin so much of life. This is cool, but if only, if only this, if only that, there's no end to it. Just be here, you know? I don't know about now, but, or here, but just be. I played this song on uh, the podcast once before. All I can do is the best I can do and the best I can do is as good as it gets and as good as it gets is good enough because it's the best I can do that's all I'm going to play of that song but 
you know, that's just true. Yeah, I was thinking about the, the truth. The other week I was at the beach, I guess this was last beginning of last week, we went out to Newport, Oregon, and the area surrounding that area on the coast of Oregon. Mom, Kristen, Sister Kristen, niece Bella, Lily, Clem Dog, Bella's friend came along. And uh, that's the lineup, friends. Anyways, I was, uh, I woke up one morning and I thought to myself, the spiritual path is defined as one thing to me. Do you want the truth or do you want what feels good? If you're seeking the truth, you're on the spiritual path. If you're just after what feels good, it's a different trip. I talked, I talked about this concept at that show at Mother Foucault's books. It, it popped into my mind, and I just said it out loud, that same concept. I expressed that concept there. You know, like when you're seeking if what you're, feels good, you're going to have to spin so many stories and tweak the narrative, and you get addicted. What know? am I saying there? I'm, I'm, I'm elaborating on the concept. Talking about how, like, yeah, if you are seeking what makes you feel good, there's no end to that. Chasing. It leads to addiction, endless story generating and maintaining and tweaking and all that. That's kind of what I was elaborating on, I think, right there. You know, I want to feel good. I don't want pain, but pain, pain is a signal where there needs to, it, pain is there for, to uh, tell us where something needs to happen. Wanting to feel good might just lead to us numbing, tamping down, ignoring, being distracted from the pain so we don't deal with the thing that the pain's telling us to pay attention to. The truth is, you know, what does the pain tell us? That's the truth. That's what you want to turn your attention to. It's harder. But the truth is connection. The truth is beauty. I was I was talking the other night at well I should explain since since this the first part that this intro that I'm chopping up was made I've um, followed Kicking Giant my friend Taewon Yu previous Traeger Method guest and Rachel Karn's band Kicking Giant legendary indie um, K Records. 90s band who are playing some shows here. I did a Q&A thing with Tay up in Portland, down in Portland. I'm in Olympia now, so down in Portland. And I saw the band in Portland. Amazing show. Sold out beautiful events. Tons of friends. Incredible reunion feeling vibe. Beautiful, beautiful evening. Earlier that day, I had done the Q&A with Tay at Flutter in Portland. Um, the next day... Came up to Olympia, saw them at Levoyeur, the the uh, club in Portland. I'm sorry, this is probably just such a confusing episode. We're doing time leaps. My natural confused way of speaking is in there. It's just 
all over the place, but at least it's sonically sound. Okay, anyway, so yeah, Le Voyeur Club restaurant is in Olympia, where I currently am, I think. And uh, so I saw them that night. Wonderful, great show that was. And then the next day was the most magic. I thought there was a family reunion vibe at that Portland show. And there was, believe me, but the one in Olympia, oh my God. Saw so many people I hadn't seen in decades, in some cases. Beloved friends, beautiful faces I haven't seen just in the sunshine. Gaidon Bear, Pat Maley's band. Um, saw Pat down in Portland, but also saw his band there. Uh, Anna Oxygen, dear friend Anna Huff. She was she performed. It was, I think I described it on Instagram as effervescently brilliant. I love the word effervescent. She was just fantastic, so inspiring. She's got such a beautiful voice. She's bouncy. You know, just, oh, great. And then Kicking Giant, fantastic. Show went on and on. It was so wonderful and beyond heartwarming. I mean, God, dreamlike. Beautiful, so great. Curtis James saw Curtis. Used to play music with him years ago. Reagan years, we were in a band together. Popular music, fantastic drummer. He was an Excuse 17, if you know them. Carrie Brownstein, Becca Albee's band. CJ was the drummer. Saw him. That was absolutely beautiful. Got to get CJ on the pod. Please, CJ, please, Curtis, be on the pod. Someday, maybe. Talked with Calvin Johnson, another CJ, earlier that afternoon on the phone. He's taking care of a friend who is recovering from surgery. So he didn't make it to the show, which was, I wish I would have seen Calvin there, but talked to Calvin earlier that afternoon. What a magical day. Talked to Cal- talked to the two CJs, talked to all these friends, sat in the sun and the shade. Is Oh my gosh. But anyways, what I was getting at before was that later that evening, we went out to Nikki McClure, artist Nikki McClure. Want to get her on the pod too. We've talked about it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it on a boat, a sailboat. We went out to Nikki and JT's. Pete Kramiak lives out there too, right next to them. Previous Traeger Method guest. I should have an acronym for that. Previous Traeger Method guest. PTMG. 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 That's, 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 that rings. That rolls off the tongue. PTMG. True heads know that means previous Traeger Method guest. PTMG. Went out to their place on the water there just outside of Olympia had uh, a wonderful event there. Martin Kendall Wong of uh, giant robot magazine. He was in town. I didn't realize he was associated with the Linda Linda's. I think like one of them is his daughter, the band, the Linda Lin- the band, the Linda Linda's. I didn't realize that he was, that they were his spawn. I think that's the case. I'm pretty sure I understood that, that that's the case, because the Linda Lindas were there as well. They Their shows were canceled. Um, they were opening for Paramore, who I think I know who Paramore is, a big band. I think of them as kind of a hot topic band. I don't know anything about them, so I won't even talk about them, but I know they're a very popular band and that the Linda Lindas were 
opening for them, but somebody in Paramore was, I shouldn't have called them a hot topic band. I don't know anything about them. That's, I mean, I shouldn't even, that's, that's, that's light disparaging, right? To call them a hot topic band in, out of a place of total ignorance. They may, they're probably an amazing band that's moved millions of people's hearts. And I sum them up as a hot topic band. I shouldn't have even said that. I know nothing about Paramore. I wish them well, all their fans and friends. I am humbled to even say the name Paramore. I know nothing about it. What an idiot I am to even do that. My apologies. I humbly retract that. Okay. Anyways, I hope that that gets across. Anyways, the Linda Lindas, the LLs, they were opening for Paramore and somebody in Paramore got sick. So they had some canceled shows. So what does Martin do? Takes the band up to Olympia to see Kicking Giant hang out. So they were all there, the kids. Martin, great to see him. I hadn't seen him in years. They all came to Nikki's. We were all, the kids were swimming in the water. It was after the show in the evening, hanging out. JT and Nikki had all this wonderful food. It was very idyllic. It, you can see photos of this videos on Instagram. I posted them the other day, yesterday, I guess it would have been. Belinda Linda, Belinda Linda, the Linda Lindas. Why is that so hard for me to say? The Linda Lindas are playing tonight, actually a backyard show here in, in Olympia. I can announce it now because this is going to come out after that show. So whatever. I'm going to go check them out. I've never seen them before. I've heard good things. Looking forward to seeing that. Tay's going to play a set. Also, backyard of Lois's house. So today's going to be amazing, too. So Olympia Summertime Wonder Show. That's going to happen in an hour and a half from right now. Looking forward to it. But the whole point of me bringing this up was to say this. <laughs> I was speaking with someone after at that event, that party, I guess we could call it. And what were we talking about? Why did I bring it up? Oh, for fuck's sake. Had to pause there for a minute. I remember why I brought it up because I was talking about that concept earlier about facing the truth, seeking the truth and not seeking what just makes you feel good. And and this conversation I had on the beach with this friend, we were talking about that, and, we, and she brought up Gabor Mate and his ideas about trauma and addiction, and that the addiction is a reaction to trauma, typically. He, 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 he likes to put forward that it's not so much an inherited physical thing that we, that we have. He puts forward the idea that it's primarily a reaction to trauma. And I don't know what the science says exactly. I'm not an expert on it by any stretch. But I feel like what Gabor Mate says is, is true. That what we want is connection. You know? And trauma, the damage that trauma does to us, hurts our ability to feel connection. You're traumatized. So you're scared. 
you're in pain. You want to mute the pain. You want to alleviate the fear. You find something, a substance, an activity, whatever it is that makes you feel good. You seek that out, the numbness, the distraction, maybe, the short-term pleasure, the confidence, maybe, if you're addicted to an ideological stance, a propaganda stream, maybe, whatever it is. But what happens is, is these, these things that alleviate that pain, the symptom, they create alienation. You, you become limited, cut off from, protected from. There's a barrier between. There's an isolation often that happens when you go to that that solution to the pain or that, you know, muting of it. Because it seems, you know, and you, and you go to that because it seems impossible maybe, or just too painful to face the truth of the situation, to face the truth of the trauma, to go in there. But of course, we know that in that facing of that is where you are going to, and, and engaging with the truth of the situation is where all connection, beauty, and potential lies. You know, that's, where, that's where the good stuff is. And I personally did not learn about this stuff in a book. I learned about it through living it. You know, I was that way. I still have some tendencies towards wanting to relief. I mean, most of us do. And the thing is, like, I don't judge myself, and I certainly don't judge anyone else for seeking to feel good and not face the truth. You know, for, for choosing wanting to feel good instead of seeking the truth. Don't blame me at all. It is a form of self-care. It is. I mean, the addict who seeks another hit, what are you trying to do? Make yourself feel good. Give yourself relief. In all situations, I think that's the case, which is a form of, you know, taking care of oneself. But it's not, you know, time bears out that it's not an effective one and that the downsides of it um, are more, uh, what am I trying to say? The downsides of it are greater than its benefits. The short-term benefits are not in time. Typically, we find out that it isn't an effective strategy, that a better way to deal with it is to face the truth of the situation, to face the pain, face the trauma. And the best way to face the trauma, don't do it alone. You know, that's why there's 12-step programs and therapy and friend groups and, you know, all those strategies typically involve connection, you know, because that's what we're seeking. And that's what Gabor Mate talks about. What we want is connection. I know I do. I mean, the high I felt this weekend, which I've been describing with these Kicking Giant shows, it's all about connection. That's the drug. It's not a drug, though. It's just truth and beauty, the truth of 
these friendships, the truth of this relationship, the truth of interconnectedness. You know, I talk about non-duality and all this stuff. All that, you know, it sounds far out, maybe. It sounds mystical. It's so not. It's really just about, you know, the truth is that it's one thing. You know, the story tells you it's otherwise. But the truth of it is, it's just a thing. You know, it's, it's, it's not one, th- but of course, it's not true that it's one thing. It's beyond, it's not a thing, and it's not one. It's, that's why we call it non-duality. It's not two things. You can't say exactly what it is. Words don't go there. The closest way you can express it is silence. Nisargadatta Maharaj says, a quiet mind is all you need. All else unfolds from there. What is the quiet mind? Eternity. It's infinity. There's no words, no thoughts. There's no you. There's no separation. It's the truth. I was thinking the other day, and I happen to be thinking about it right now, this concept of God as a being over there. How wild is that? God is over there. I'm trying to you know, seek. Earlier I said something about seeking the truth. The, the, the funny thing about the truth is seeking does not get there. I know this has been said by many sages in the past, something to the effect of, you do not reach it by seeking, and yet only seekers find it. It's kind of a riddle or a koan or something. But that's really true, because the fact is, you can't get to, you know, you can't, you can't move closer to yourself. Try to do that right now, wherever you're sitting or walking or standing. Move closer to yourself. You can't do it. And that's the same idea that I have that I'm, I was getting at about this concept of God as a being. You know, if God is a being out there somewhere that has an intention and an idea of what you should do or who you should be, or, you know, if God is whatever, you know, the universe and has, it has some, God has some, you know, whatever form or imagination your imagination suggests that this God is, if it's separate from you, then it's something you need to seek to get to. It's not what I'm talking about. You know, I think it's funny sometimes, like, think about, you know, religious traditions or whatever. Like, I would never say that one was better than the other or that one knows more or is the right way or something. I just can't, you know, that's an argument that they could have with each other. You know, we have the right image of God. We have the right language to speak about God, the right practices to get towards God. And then the other one can argue, no, it's us who do it does. We're a little bit better in this category. You might be better in that one. Whatever, they can all argue against one another if they want to. The thing that I'm talking about contains all those concepts. Like, you know, I mean, the thing I'm talking about is reality itself, the total thing. 
you know, every single concept of God that anyone has is within that. Reality is never within that concept. The concept is always within reality. So, you know, if I worship anything, it's I worship this. This identification as infinity. That's my, you know, if there's a God, whatever, you know, that's it. And it's not something you can move closer to, just as you cannot move closer to yourself. You cannot move closer to this thing that's not a thing. How could you? You know, a religious person might say, well, my God is everything. It's like, well, then why do you seek approval from this God? (laughs) If it's everything. Everything is everything. There's nothing outside of it. So why would you spend your life trying to please what is already all things and nothing? I don't even know. It's crazy. I don't get it, personally. And the same goes for death. You know, I talked about it last week when I was talking about Rick Froberg and death and, and all that. You know, the, I mean, death is just one of those things that if you take it apart just a little bit, it loses all meaning. You know, this idea that there's a point up in the future where infinity begins, eternity begins at this, this thing happens, we call it death, I die, and then infinity starts, or eternity starts. Eternal nothingness, heaven, hell, you know, eternal reward, eternal punishment, eternal nothing, what, whatever, they're all exactly the same, just concepts in the mind, Right? And all of those things, whatever they are, it's just more life. I mean, especially if you have a heaven-hell type concept or whatever. That's not any big change. It's just more of life. Life just takes a radical difference. Uh, Look, maybe. But if it just continues and you're still there, then it's just life. So, you know, we put this big fixation on death like it's some major transition for us. When in fact, well, you know, if you compare it to what this is, I'm sitting here, you know, awake, looking out a window at plants and sunshine and trees and air and whatever, the the visual field. You know, I exist right now in an eternal state. Death is suspended ahead of me in the future, in the imagination. The past, same thing. The present, you know, you can't, I say this many times, you can't find the place where one begins and the other ends and vice versa. I am living an eternal moment. Can't be, you know, really experienced any other way. Let's say I'm dead. What could be the difference between this? Why isn't this the post-life experience? It's, it's the differences between those two things. Meaningless. Oh, I died. Now I'm in heaven. And now I'm in hell. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's the difference? I mean, the idea of heaven and hell, for instance, is just the idea of a fixed state. 
just a, a switch gets thrown, quote unquote, death. And then it, then the state becomes eternal. There's no more changes. You know, my plans aren't going to change anymore. Bad things aren't going to happen. The fridge isn't going to go out, which just happened. The TV isn't going to stop working, which just happened. I'm talking here at my mom's house. My fridge and my TV are fine. I don't have a TV and my fridge is fine. It's not mine. So even if it did go out, it's my landlord's problem. But you get the idea what I'm saying. You know, in heaven, the fridge never goes out. In heaven, the podcast episode that, that I record never has nose breathing. There's never a dog barking in the background. It's super interesting and fascinating and funny and cool. And it's a conversation with someone you all want to hear me talk to. It's great. That's heaven. You know, that's just wanting to feel good. Think about that. Hmm. You know, I want to go to heaven where everything just always feels good. I don't want the truth of the reality that heaven, hell, you know, those are both story-based things, judgments of this world, essentially, imagining these kinds of eternal rewards or damnations. It's a way of saying this here, this form of eternity, not good enough. This form of, of eternity, if only, if only the fridge didn't go out, if only... I didn't have any physical pain. If only all the things I like always stuck around. If only I had, didn't have to deal with material bullshit. This could be heaven, but you plan. If only I didn't need to pause the recording and urinate. But you know what? I do need to. So hang on. Okay, I'm back. Um, let's check in with the original Keep the mind intro Don't ever to the lost Don Ankrum episode. Thing thing. Okay. Let's check back in with that. I want what feels good. Meditation. Sit on the pillow. Watch the thoughts. Watch them do what they do. There's that kind of thought. There's that kind of thought. And now this kind of thought. And then that kind of thought again. Watch it. That's looking at what is true. Notice there is space between the thoughts. What is that? Who are you when that happens? Don't even ask the question. Just experience what you are when there's no story. That's truth. So when you seek that, the quiet place, which is really like the only place you can, you know, the, the only place you're timeless and the timeless is the only thing that can touch the timeless because they don't touch. They are just the same thing. So when you become timeless, a.k.a. quiet, then the world becomes timeless, ceases to be. You are just the timeless. It's like, you know, that could sound mystical or something, but it's actually more baseline. All right, I stand by, by that. The trip I mean, sometimes... I listen to myself talking, I think, how am I some expert on this stuff? I'm not claiming to be an expert on any of this stuff. 
if I didn't experience these things myself, if I didn't have some kind of, uh, I don't know, what is expertise? I guess it, it's expertise to have like firsthand experience with things, but not some master of anything. I don't know what I'm saying. What else do I want to talk about? I guess that's probably good. I'm going to be doing a lot more open mics and playing the guitar. podcast you guys are probably happy to hear that it occurred to me that i have you know i'm 55 years old okay that's right 55 i have damage in terms well not damage but uh i have ideas about how music should be distributed like i should hold on to a song i should keep it to myself until some kind of a release or a live show or whatever it's like that's just not the thing anymore how anything works maybe it never did Maybe there was a brief period when it was like that. But it's not anymore, that's for sure. Just stream it. Dream it and stream it. Live it and give it. You know, it occurred to me, I have a, this podcast, right? It's an audio medium. I can put out songs, quote, quote, you know, release live music. And, and it can have a multi-track track element through this. It's cool, <laughs> you know? I can talk over I mean, myself. You might not like it, but hey, you don't have to listen. That's right, that's right. No one has to listen. And the multi-track thing is fun to play around. Multi-track thing is really why fun not? to play around. Multi-track. Like, why not? Exactly. So, oh, right. yeah. Right. So, you know, I was, you, you know, guys it are occurred right. to me like, oh, That's yeah, true. something like 500 to 1,000 people on average listen to every episode. There, there I am tooting my I horn. Should. That's an audience. That's a 500-seater. That's a huge That is a huge audience. My God. Jason, you're so cool. It's crazy huge how big that is. It's amazing. You know, so. I'm popular. Wow. And I'm not nervous at all. I don't even... Not even a little bit. I'm oh, not even slightly nervous. So relaxed performing in this. Incredibly relaxed. Yeah, Listen to me. Let's do a little music in here, you know? Yeah, what the hell? Like, why not? It's like Ken Nordine word jazz here. Too. Like, I, I, I do. I really do. You do, Jason? I get bored. Yeah. Only boring people get bored, right? Isn't that... It's, you know... <laughs> it's funny. I'm. This is me now, not me back then when I recorded the intro. It's funny listening to myself talk. Whatever. You know Ken, Dorne Ken Nordine, word jazz? Do so. I should put that in the... Uh, Show notes. It is not my intention. I, I saw Ken Nordine live once in San Francisco. It was so cool. Been quite a bit of it on this one. I'm going to do it in the future too. Anyways, Ken Nordine, like that, that's the thing I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. That is the thing I was going to say. When you feel bored or something by a project, it just is calling for a creative approach. You know, in the past, I might have said, "Oh, I'm feeling bored. It means I should quit." But now I'm like, no, it's just calling, you know, it's just like pain is calling for something in your life or in your body. Like I talked about earlier. It's for attention to something. You don't have to have it be suffering. The pain is a signal. And like boredom, for instance, it's a type of pain. It just means some attention needs to be given to this. What makes it more interesting for you? What gives you an energy and excitement? 
playing music is what I'm getting at. Well, booking guests, you know, that you're interested in. That helps. It's always good. Adding elements that weren't there before, approaching it differently. Talking about something that you're interested in. I'm interested in so many things. Just get creative. Nothing. There's no, you know, I don't have to worry about anything. No, you don't have to worry, Jason. You really don't. Why would you? You know? Why would you? in between the in and outside something about me buttons are make your demand and if you don't need to know what it means you can just take in the scene now And you see it's a doorway It's a song I'm working on. It's like my favorite song that I've ever written. And I haven't written it yet. second fret. Why hold it off, you know? Why not just play it in its unformed version? And if you don't need to know what it means you know, that's nice. Can you just take in the scenery? And you see it's a doorway. Just taking the scene 
like right done and like fully realized yeah. but you know i like this phase of, of songwriting too when it's not complete it's not all figured out but you can intimate where it's going you hear the epic beauty of a song and it's just you're like up till playing that for you right now i've never played that tune for anyone except for my girlfriend when i wrote it in the backyard lily was there and I was like, isn't this pretty? And she was like, that's good. So I was like, okay, well, if Lily says it's good, because she doesn't like anything, I know that's not true. But uh, yeah, so I'm all excited. And it's so cool that you have something like that all to yourself, you know? And then I think, well, I should wait till I get it really dialed in before I play it for anybody. I should actually sit and finish the lyrics and have the production. I should get my friend Matt Carlson on it you know we could have synth and drums and it could be this and that and then you go yeah but also it's fun to just play it in its totally unformed thing that's what this podcast music thing is all about for me and by podcast music thing i mean playing music on the podcast the way i've been doing on this odd form of uh episode this odd episode that I am sharing with you, dear listener. I also, um, when I was talking earlier about that, uh, you put it out there, people are going to like it or they don't like it. You just did, <laughs> as long as you did the best that you right, could Jason, and you right. doing it, yes. you've won. That's right. You're a winner. Uh-huh. Jason, I'm talking to myself. I am talking to myself, <laughs> no, but to double talking to myself right now. You've already won <laughs> by just doing that. Not everything has to be commercially successful. <laughs> Notice how I'm always saying that not everything has to be commercially successful, says the guy who's never had any commercial success of any kind. It doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. You're fine, Jason. You're fine. I'm always telling myself that. It's great. It's great. Whatever. But uh, yeah, I I had the uh, volume (laughs) pre-programmed there, so it just went up. Anyways, that's funny. So what was I saying? Yeah. And that, and that show I played the other day at Mother Foucault's book, I did a couple songs in that style, you know, the fully unformed ones. And I was like, the ones that are just a brief, a sketch, a kind of uh, indication of how it might be going. Is intimation the right word? It kind of, there's an intimation of a good song there. Is that correct? I should look that up afterwards. Whatever the case, you know what I'm saying? I like sharing these unformed things. I think I think I want to. Yeah, I like doing that. And I was I, I've been uh, considering now that I'm doing this. You know, I'm getting back into playing music. Obviously, that's all I talk about, right? So um, I I've been thinking through the pod and Instagram. I want to really 
uh, journal this this musical journey. Journal the journey is what I'm going to do. It's what I'm doing. I'm not gonna. I'm doing it. Just showing you where I'm at. You know, here's where I'm at. You got this first episode. I'm talking about the first open mic. Let's just say it's the new music thing started here. You know, I could me- keep mentioning that I played a couple shows with Hutch Harris last year or whatever. But, you know, really, the music thing started this week with those two open mics and that show at Mother Foucault's Books with Delia Ackley, Witchgrass, and Broken Crow. That was the other group, which were who were also awesome. That was that was the beginning. That was me planting the flag in the ground. And then I got this big burst of spiritual musical sustenance, watching my friends Kicking Giant play three shows with total passion and abandon in front of a bunch of old friends. I'm so glad to see everybody. We love you. That's what music's about for me. Anna Oxygen, you, you gave me oxygen. I'm going to do music with Anna. Matt Carlson, I mentioned Matt. He used to be in the Oregon Painting Society. He's in, on board. We're going to do some stuff together. I love Matt. He's a brilliant musician. Golden Retriever, his band. Matt Carlson's solo music. Brilliant person. Doing music with him. You know who else I'm going to do music with? Kevin Seconds. We're going to do some acoustic shows together. We've been talking about that for a while. Now that I'm, I'm up and rocking, he's into it. I'm into it so much. We're going to do some recording together, do some shows together. Put that on the calendar. So, yeah. Got no fear of summer ending this year. Fall is going to be great, too. Late summer, I'm up to playing any shows, backyard shows. That's what I'm looking for more than anything else. Living room shows. Riving Loom Arts. That's Kevin's art just I'm riffing here, folks. We're just riffing, throwing shit against the wall, seeing what sticks. Yeah, and these recordings, I'm just you know opening it up. I've been listening to a lot of music, thinking about directions to go production-wise. Been listening to Alaska, Portland-based Alaska band, Portugal the Man. I don't know how they got into my feed, how I've been listening to them, but I've been enjoying that stuff a lot. I've been listening to Tune Yards, thinking about looping. Did I just burp in that one? Looping. The patented trigger method. Burp. Burps are going to be in there. We got burps coming in. We know about that. (laughs) That aspect of the podcast is being established. Might indicate a medical condition that I have. Might not. Who knows? Maybe it's just a healthy, healthy system. Whatever the case, I'm not going to, I'm taking the negative approach advice. Why be something that you're not? I'm not going to be something that I'm not. Been thinking about my priorities coming back to music. Don't want to carry a bunch of heavy shit. No bass cabinets. Somebody else can do that. When I played at Mother Foucault's, I had my little Fishman amp, my LR Bags DI, my guitar, which is a light Cordoba nylon string. I carried it all in one load from my car to the venue. Everything comfortably with one, two arms. Didn't injure myself. That's the kind of shit I'm into. Traveling light. The music can be heavy, but the 
It's going to be light, light carrying. I'm 55. I, I mentioned that earlier, right? Or maybe my other self from a week ago did. Right now, I have the impulse to apologize for this episode. I'm not going to. There's nothing to apologize for, right? Okay, Jesus. Before I wrap up this interesting episode, I'm going to check back in with the intro from last week. Here we go. Ready? Total acceptance of reality, exactly how it is. That's seeking the truth. That's the spiritual path. If you're on it, you're a brother, you're a sister, you're a they friend. Nothing to say, but I'll sing anyway, because I've got this song here. I'll do my best to be clear. Can't get it wrong if the feeling is strong And I remember the way I taught my fingers to play And I'll sing along Along to this nothing song It's a part of a song. I did that at the open mic. Felt good doing that. The nothing song. Call that song Horse Apples. Nothing song in parentheses. Why is it called horse apples? Does it talk about horses or apples or horse diets or does that come up? No, it doesn't. Nowhere in the song are horses or apples mentioned, but the song is called horse apples because it used to have lyrics in which those words appeared. That's part of the songwriting process. Like I wrote this way and then that way. I tried all these different things and I was like, God, I just don't want to sing about anything. I don't have anything I want to say. I don't have any characters in my mind that I want to tell a story about. These lyrics just, they're just nothing coming to me. So I thought, nothing to say, but I'll sing anyway, because I've got this song. I just went from there. And then that was the song. And that is the song now. And I love it. So that's some songwriting stuff right there. Horse apples, nothing song. Coming soon. I've been, like I said, I've been doing recording, been recording up in Olympia, my mom's basement, recording here in Portland. But you know, and, uh, just to keep, fun. just to keep being meta, I'm actually in my mom's basement recording right now. I'm not in Portland. Where it's going? I'm gonna start working with some other people. So you know, it's kind of a trip. So, anyways, I'm. I think the rest of this episode just kind of goes on to talk about stuff I've already talked about. So I don't want to keep just what's this? I'm so excited sounding in this, uh, in that thing. I'm just, I'm into it. I mean, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm just explaining stuff. It's like, I'm into this music thing. I'm excited about this stuff. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, we should all be excited about something in life. Right. You know, so it's cute, but yeah, like I'm, like I'm saying here behind me, um, I'm, I am looking forward to collaborating like with all those people I just talked about. I am looking for inspiration all over the place and I'm, I'm finding it everywhere I look. So, and thank you people. Uh, sorry. You know, I could apologize for that, but you know what else I could do? I'm back to apologize. Hey, it's not, it's just a section of the podcast. All right, I think it we're done with this name. podcast. It's just because now solo I just, section of I just, the podcast. Uh, it can be at this, as long at as the this interview point. doesn't. It's not at you know, this point. If I'm, you think of it as an intro, yeah, it's a little long. <laughs> but if I think of it as 
just the solo part of that's the right. episode. That's right, Jason. That's all you got to do. Just, just read. Like two just, episodes just, at once. You could stop right now. Right. right before I introduce exactly. my conversation with Don. Well, I'm not going to introduce my conversation with Don Ankrum because, like I said, not happening. Um, so, yeah. So, that's that's it for, for that uh, pot, for that intro. We're done with, with hacking that thing apart and, and parting it out for this episode. Um, I've got, I know at this point, maybe it's been a couple episodes of solo stuff. You know, you guys might be thinking, I would like to hear an interview with somebody. I have some booked, okay? It's really happening. I'm going to be talking. I'll talk with Don again in the future if he wants to. Don doesn't love talking on podcasts anyways. Um, But I'm going to be talking with a bunch of people. Got some new guests, first-time guests. Got some, uh, maybe I'll get a couple here in Olympia while I'm up here visiting. There's certainly plenty of people up here to talk to, if any of them will, will deign to be on. Is that a word, deign to be on the pod? I hope so. Um, I should also say thank you to all the people that said to me, this, I've been out a lot these this past week, as I've mentioned, and I've met a lot of people who love the pod. Thank you for everyone, everyone who came up to me in person and told me they liked the pod, whether or not you mean it, I appreciate the encouragement very, very much. Thank you. And why would you say that if you didn't mean it? I wouldn't go up to somebody and tell them I love their podcast if I didn't like it. I mean, what psychopath would do that? It's just weird that I would even think that somebody would say that without meaning it. Thank you um, for for that. I appreciate that input. Face-to-face, eye contact, Traeger Method fans, friends. What a gift, what a blessing. Yeah, so uh, it's four o'clock here. I'm going to go over to that Linda Linda's Backyard show. Well, I should say Taiwan U show, both. Um, looking forward to that. I'm, yeah, like I said, a lot of great uh, episodes coming up. The podcast is reinventing itself all the time, and it's a beautiful thing to not only witness, but to be a primary driver of as the maker of it. So. It's wonderful. I hope that this means something to you, that you like it. If you like the pod, tell a friend. Try to describe what you just heard this episode to a friend. I would love to see that. Listen to Ken Nordine's word jazz. That's the thing that I, I keep thinking like this, this podcast episode kind of uh, gets towards. And I love that shit. Little audio production stuff on the fly. It's fun. I, like I said, I've got some recordings being worked on. I've got some future collaborations. I'm going to be playing shows as much as I can, risking it all in this pandemic that never ends. Uh, I, I'm ready to to lose my hearing again. You remember that story from my Instagram of my hearing loss during COVID. I'm rolling the dice. It may take me out, but death can't stop me. There is no death. We are the deathless never born. That's my name for the Traeger Method listener and for all of humanity. The world's on fire, as Smash Mouth said. Now's the time. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Remember with Rick Froberg? He's on my list of people to talk to, to have Rick back. I wanted to have him back in the next few months. He died. Okay, I had another friend die in this past couple months. You don't know necessarily who she is. I'm not going to talk about her. That's personal. But I had another friend die who was a beloved person in my life. You know, I'm right now. My stepdad, who last year I was taking care of, he died, you know, if you follow the pod, you remember that, uh, 
arc. Yesterday was his birthday, his first birthday since he died. You know, I'm with mom this summer. I'm thinking about what was going on last summer around this time. And there's a lot of, there's a poetic vibe in the air right now with my life. A lot of these songs I'm sharing now came to me during that six months I was up here helping mom during the cancer months. My stepdad died of cancer. Um, What am I trying to close on? This note, just don't wait. You know, yes, we live in an eternal, burning, deathless, ever-present state of emergent becoming. Of course we do. But this moment is the only, just keep in mind, this thing, whatever we call this, a moment, a time, a now, this is the total field of action you have available to you. You may play music in the future. You may have played music in the past. This is the only place you can actually play music. You may have loved in the past. You may love in the future, but this is the only place you can actually love. So don't put it off. Don't let fear stop you. Don't seek the easy way. Don't take, you know, short-term pleasure, short-term feeling good over facing the truth of the situation. No need to panic. No need to get all anxious. Oh, God, is it going to work out? Is it going to be the way I want it? Don't know. What if this? What if that? If only this? If only that? No, 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 no. We've done that. That's not the thing anymore. You know, no expectations, but also ask for what you want. Live it to give it. Okay? Something like that. There's there's bumper stickers in here. You get the idea. I will wrap on that. Like I said, if you, te- if you like the pod, tell a friend. Best way to, to, to get the word out. If you like the pod a lot, give some money. We, monthly contribution. I, this it means the world to me. All you got to do with me is just give me a little encouragement, and I'm off and running. I it it fuels me. You know, I have this uh, idea that I might make music under the moniker "Old Folks Home." I like that name, "Old Folks Home." Never heard of a band called that. "Old Folks Home." Old folks. Hmm. Who's that? We are the ancient ones. We are eternal, ancient, old folks, old, ancient. Home, home, where we return to. We always are returning in meditation. We go out into the thoughts. We return to the silent witness. Out, return, infinite return. That's the song I opened the show with, infinite return. I didn't plan to end on that, but here we are, ending where it started. The loop has been formed. Looping pedals, I like using those. I might bring those into the thing. What am I trying to say here? That old folks home reference that I just made? Well, I have a... Um, I was talking about the power of encouragement for me personally. I have a an Instagram account called Old Folks Home. It's an AI art. I generate AI images, artificial intelligence images using Dolly 2. And I make these images from prompts, written sentences, lists of words to create images that I find intriguing, otherworldly, ex- extra dimensional Big breath. Relax, Jason. And uh, and I call that account Old Folks Home. I had been doing that for a while. 
I was super taken with the AI image generating early on, and then I kind of lost interest after a while. I'm like, yeah, this is a miracle. I can't believe it's true, but I'm also kind of bored of it. And I never get any more followers than 150 or so, and it never seems to move. Does anyone care? I think these images are special. I don't see anything else quite like them in the AI feeds that I follow. Yet no one seems to be paying attention. I kind of lost interest. Then I went to a party and firsthand uh, was told by several people that they loved my AI art feed. They were like, it's my favorite one on the internet. I, I haven't seen anything like yours, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's all it took. Two people, three people saying that to me. And now I'm back at that account. Encouragement helps. So thank you to those friends who encouraged me to do that. Check out Old Folks Home, my Instagram account. If you want to see some trippy stuff, snapshots from another dimension, as I think of them. They're all made from sentences. If you haven't played around with these image generators, you might try it. It's pretty awesome, weird, otherworldly. Yes, the world is heating up. Yes, climate change is kicking in. Yes, there's looming fascism on all fronts in relation to it, et cetera, et cetera. But also, an AI might replace us all, whatever, with robot dogs. I don't know. But take advantage of the fact that you can make these trippy images. If you're a word person, play around with that. It's it's fun. It's interesting. All right, I, I could keep riffing, but that's it. That is the episode. Thank you for listening to episode number 81 of the Traeger Method Podcast. We'll be back very soon with episode 82. I appreciate it. Thank you. We will end on silence. <laughs>